With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, a short show this week just uh, with some news and also some thoughts about England in India and later we'll hear from two of England's women's stars, Captain Heather Knight and also Tammy Beaumont who were in our virtual cricket club the other night and are now in New Zealand ready for three one-day internationals and three T20s that they'll play later in the month of February. But first, there's been lots of conjecture in the press in the last couple of days about, firstly, what side England will field in that first test against India on Friday in Chennai, and also, actually, who will show it as well? Which TV station will be covering that series? Well, first to England's potential lineup, and I suppose at the moment it's a little bit early to say, but it sounds as if it's most likely that Rory Burns will come back in to open with Dom Sibley, and I think they'll have less trouble, certainly Sibley will have less trouble against the Indian opening attack in a way, because it isn't going to feature necessarily a left-arm spinner on a turning pitch in the first few overs with the new ball. It's always difficult facing spin with a new ball. Openers are not used to it, and also some balls turn, and some balls, given it's very shiny just skid on so it's actually quite hard to play spin with the new ball especially an operator as clever as Lassith Embledenia in Sri Lanka so I think Burns and Sibley with probably Zach Crawley at number three Joe Root at number four and then Ben Stokes obviously slotting in at number five and probably Ollie Pope I reckon has a pretty good chance of playing at number six I reckon his dexterous skill will be ideal for England in that sort of environment Then a random pick of bowlers. I suggest they'll probably pick from three out of Wood, Archer, Anderson and Broad. And also, of course, the two spinners, Leach and Bess. Okay, so who's going to show the series? Well, there's been a lot of chat. I've had my phone uh, on hot this afternoon with people asking me if I know. Uh, It sounds as if Channel 4 are closing in on the deal to be able to show the series. The first time, actually, that live test cricket, English test cricket, will be on 
terrestrial TV for really a long time, since 2005, in fact. There is a, a suggestion also that Sky might come in at the last minute. And actually, this seems to happen almost every time England tour India. You get the Indian TV bigwigs, the likes of Star TV, who, of course, own the rights to Indian cricket. They are, they are owned themselves by Disney. And there's a lot of big money at stake. They like to charge the English broadcasters a lot of wedge for a series like this. A figure of about 20 million has been quoted. That's five million a test match. If, I suppose you throw in the one days and the T20s as well into that mix, but it's still say four million per Test match, and that is that's a high amount of money, especially given that it's uh, on at four o'clock in the morning. Except for the Ahmedabad third Test, which is going to be played under lights, so that will be a nine a.m. UK start. So the value of of that series to an English broadcaster isn't necessarily as high as 20 million. So what they do, all these broadcasters, is they pretend they're not that interested. And and there's a lot of brinkmanship goes on. There's a lot of tactics here with each channel sounding not that keen and nobody committing to it. And therefore the price gradually comes down. The closer and closer you get to the actual series, the more the Indians start agonising about, well, we actually need some money for for this series so the price drops and then income the predators to to purchase it so i can still see sky having a role to play here even though channel 4 have emerged as the favorites it could be quite possible that in the next couple of days sky say well we'll pay x which is a little bit more than channel 4 and channel 4 can't go any higher than that so sky end up with the rights so who knows it's it's a fascinating little kind of tangle and battle that goes on for these rights. What we do know is that on radio, TalkSport have the rights, but also the BBC are going to mount their own social type of coverage as well as they have done in past series when they haven't had the rights. So look out for the BBC social with the usual familiar names on it, including, of course, our own Simon Mann. Anyway, it all starts on Friday and we'll know everything by then. One little note for your diary before that is we've got Sir Ian Botham in the Virtual Cricket Club the night before Thursday, the 4th of February, the night before the India series starts, to talk about the 1981 Ashes, of course, Botham's Ashes, as they became known, and also his career, his life generally, and how he's been managing lockdown, and also a little bit of wine tasting, because, of course, he's got into the wine business now, and he actually produces a really interesting range of Botham wines. So we're going to be tasting those on the show on the Virtual Cricket Club on Thursday night, and you can join us by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com. It's £6 a month to join, but we are having four live events per month for that £6. Or you can join just for that one night for a fiver and there's an event bright link on my twitter feed which you can also click on to join just for that one night i have also got the most fantastic botham signed photo it's a giant picture of him the famous iconic picture of him smoking a cigar dressed in his england kit and pads sitting in the dressing room during that 1981 series he signed it personally the other day that must be worth quite a decent amount of money so we're going to auction that on the night all in aid of the professional cricketers trust so please join us on thursday night the 4th of february for sir ian botham exclusive and live in our virtual cricket club at worldsbestcricketclub.com now as i mentioned last week in the virtual cricket club we were joined by two world cup winners of the female variety england captain heather knight and the opener tammy beaumont who both of course played 
in the final at Laws in 2017. We were also joined from the UK by 29-year-old Phoebe Graham, who gave up her job with Sky in the marketing department last year to take one of the ECB's 41 new contracts given to the country's best female players. And we'll hear her story in a little bit, plus also a pertinent question from one of our key World's Best Cricket Club members, Ian Wigston, who has always got an excellent question for one of our guests. So the England women's squad have arrived in New Zealand for a white ball tour that starts on the 23rd of February. They have to wait a long time to play because, of course, in these COVID times, they have to endure two weeks of quarantine in their hotel rooms in Christchurch before they're released into normal society. And that's in a country where there's only about three COVID cases at the moment. Heather Knight says it's not been easy, but they're beginning to get used to the isolation. We've obviously experienced different things. We had a bio bubble at Derby in the summer. Me and Tam were obviously out in the Big Bash in a slightly different bubble, which had a bit more freedom. And then with quarantine, we've had it in Australia where you're stuck in a room and here where we've got a little bit more freedom. Just, yeah, trying to keep yourself busy, trying to keep a bit of perspective, I think is quite important as well. So it can be quite hard when you're stuck in a in a room with your own thoughts. I think the fact that we're all going through it together as a team is quite nice as well. Do you ever hear, when you're in these situations, do you ever hear thumping on the wall because either people want some attention or they're playing catch with a tennis ball? Sophie Eccleston reckons she heard someone throwing um, throwing a ball against the wall and then hitting it back, but no one owned up on our, our team WhatsApp group and it soon stopped after she asked. So, um, yeah, no one's owning up, but I think a few are. We have got sock throws in our um, programme, actually. Have so you? I was throwing some socks against, I'm next door to Nat and Catherine. So there was a bit of banging um, from me throwing socks against their wall. And I've been hearing Nanny cackling at some Netflix programme most of the day. She's not the quietest neighbour. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's quite nice to know someone's next door, though, I think. What's, what, what is sock throwing? I mean, just throwing a sock, is it? Uh, so if you get one or two pairs of socks and put them in a ball they're quite good to keep your arm going and throw against against the wall oh, that's, just a that's little thing to try and brilliant. keep um obviously your your cricket skills going and your your shoulder um, you could do diving catches on the bed as well yeah, i haven't Tash got that far yet <laughs> she's been doing that Tash france said she's been doing that so at least she's owned up for doing some, but our SSD coach had a bit of a field day coming up with exercises we can do in, in quarantine. He's, um, he loves kind of being creative. So um, I remember in, in Australia, we had one that was like, um, what was it, a bench, uh, no, leg press of the bed or something. One thing, so when you came out, did you, did you fly out on a commercial airline or did you have a, a charter flight out to New Zealand? And if so... Yeah, what, what was it like? I mean, were you all masked up the whole way? I mean, it's a heck of a long way to get to New Zealand. You have to wear a mask for however many hours. What, what was the situation? Yeah, it was about 32-hour flight from, from London. And Ooh. no, we just went on a commercial airline. I actually had a bit of a cut from the mask. Uh, we had to wear it the whole way, pretty much. If, uh, if you didn't get dropped off by a member of your household, you had to wear it from the minute you left your door all the way through the airport, all the time on, on the air, aircraft. Um, we were lucky on the first leg that we were sort of in our own cabin part but the the other time we were all spread out and um with members of the public but wow. obviously you know that they've all done a test sort of 72 hours before they've got on the flight but at the same time it's a little bit nerve-wracking knowing how strict it is here on all our kind of training privileges are on that we have all negative tests so it was quite nerve-wracking and yeah by the time I got here I had a big 
like cut across the nose and pretty kind of tense from on the face and I think it just gave me a lot of appreciation for NHS staff that probably wear much more uncomfortable equipment than than what we had to wear for a few hours. I mean, was the plane full or was it half full or what, what was it like? I mean, it almost seems as if, I mean, I live on, in, on Heathrow Airport flight path and, there's, you know, you, you, you look up, oh, there's a plane and it's, it's, a, it's rare. So, you know, how many people are actually flying at the moment? It's a lot busier than I thought, actually, at Heathrow. I was quite surprised because obviously there's a travel ban. It, <laughs> it was OK. It wasn't too busy. There was st- still people flying. We went by Dubai and then Kuala Lumpur. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too busy, but a bit busier than I thought it might be. I've got one sort of fairly sort of harsh question. Try and answer it as honestly as you can. Do you think we've capitalised as a nation on that tremendous success, your final success, enough? And if not, what more could could we do to really raise awareness of the women's game and get more girls and women playing? For me, I would say eventually we've caught up with it. We've we've you know we've finally got forty professional cricket at domestic level for my liking it's too late but at least now we have done it because obviously we've only just done that this year well last year in 2020 you know we won that in 2017 that's uh, it's great that we've got that now but it did take a little bit longer I think the Super League really did take off for a couple of years after mm. that certainly seemed to have a lot more people coming to games a lot more interest to have those 40 cricketers is, is a great thing but for, for my liking I would have loved it to come a couple of years earlier and almost literally piggyback off that World Cup win. Heather? No, I think Tammy's hit not on the head. I think a lot of progress has been made since that, that World Cup final. I think, for me, a lot of people change their perceptions, not just people watching it watching it for the, the first time or fans, but people at the ECB, I think they really took note of that final and how the audience that watched it were young, a lot of them were female, and a lot of the audience was the audience that needs to be a, a targeting with 100. And I think perceptions at Lord's HQ changed a little bit and, and people really saw the power of what the women's game could be and, and how it could benefit the ECB as a whole. So I think that was the real positive and started to put in motion a lot of decisions that have obviously taken a little bit of time to, to come to fruition, as Tammy said. Hopefully in the, in the years to come, we'll see the benefit of young girls coming through that have, have watched that game of cricket and taken up the game. I loved hearing the little stories like Paul Collingwood couldn't get his daughters to play cricket. This is an ex-England men's captain and as soon as they watched this this day of cricket, they were desperate to get in the garden and, and have a knock around. So um, I think Tammy's right. I think progress has been a little bit slow, but I think there has been progress and those seeds are starting to, to come to fruition now. Where would you like to see the game in, in 10 or, or 20 years' time? Do you sort of have a vision for the game or a, a, sort of a goal for the for the women's game? Or is, it, is, it, is that a bit too nebulous? There shouldn't be any limits on where it can go. I think it surprised me massively where it's gone since I made up my debut 10 years ago. But I think the global game, definitely. I think we were in a really good position here in England and a few of the other boards, like Australia, are really taking women's cricket seriously. But I think globally... A lot of boards don't, and that can be a bit of a worry. And I think it's been even more exaggerated in COVID times, the differences. You've got some teams, India, Sri Lanka, they haven't played since March in that World Cup. India's last game was that World Cup final in front of 80,000 people. And the force that India are in cricket, I think if they start to take women's cricket seriously, it will will really be a huge boost to the game. And I think more cricket as well, more regular cricket for international teams is going to be really important. 
let's let's bring in Phoebe. Tell us your story. You know how you got into cricket and why you made this career sort of defining decision recently. So I started playing cricket when I was 12, 13 and was always involved in junior sort of setups and academies. And then probably 2021, 20, only played county cricket. So I was playing for Devon when I was down at Exeter. And then sadly, my father passed away, which was quite heavy for me in terms of my cricket and emotional state. So I had a few years off the game. And actually, interestingly, talking about the 2017 World Cup final, that was the game that I went to that made me want to play cricket again. It really sparked that hunger for me. I'd had two and a half years off the game and the development in the game from watching how far the game had come in terms of that athleticism, professionalism, the camaraderie, having a full house at Lords. I just thought, I've missed this. I want to be back in that environment. And that's when I started playing and played a little bit with um, Heather at Berkshire for two years. And then again, the investment from the ECB, putting new structures in place and these systems to enable you to train like an athlete, then made me want to be a professional cricketer. Like being able to have a strength and conditioning coach, consistent bowling coaches, consistent batting coaches was something I've never, ever had. So that fire was in me from probably the winter I was with the MCC Academy and then COVID brought me back to Yorkshire and playing in this environment which I'd never been exposed to was just something that is absolute hats off and credit to the ECB for investing the game. Yeah the decision to move from a marketing job at Sky wasn't easy because I enjoyed what I I enjoy what I do. It wasn't like I was coming from a bad place, but that fire and desire to play cricket was never going away. And it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And now to be able to focus on it and have the time and dedication to be the best possible athlete is incredible. And I think there's a lot of hunger now in the domestic game, which was maybe only at that international and super elite level in the UK. I think it's going to really develop the game across the whole country. Did you have to apply to be a professional player or was it a sort of more or less an automatic um, progression? So the tournament with the Rachel Hayhoe Flynn, I just made sure all the staff knew I wanted to be a professional cricketer. But in a high performance environment, you've got to produce and show that you've got capability and that you've got that ability to develop. I always thought I'm going to play my cards here and say I want to be a professional cricketer, but I didn't know whether it was going to happen or not. I didn't know whether they were looking for younger talent. They have Beth Langston, who's already a seamer. So you just don't know what people are looking for. So I just expressed my interest. And when James rang me, I think it was October time, I was just absolutely shell-shocked. And yeah, there was only one decision I could make then. And what did your work colleagues think? They were absolutely tough for me. I think I had a bit of an emotional chat with one of them because... I did really enjoy my job at Sky. My boss, Ryan, at the time just said, this business world isn't going anywhere, Phoebes. Yeah, he really reassured me and sort of was like, go for it. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever look back. It's Ian Wigston, yeah. Ian, you got a cracking question. Good evening. Uh, thank you for supporting again, of course. Not at all. I'm great to have Amanda and Liz here as my new members. Really enjoying the conversation. Question for each of you. If you were sports minister, what would you do to encourage girls in state schools to take up the game? Good question, tough question. I think it's really helped that cricket is now 
overtaking rounders a little bit. Uh, as much as I love playing rounders, I feel like cricket has a lot of things to give a young person in terms of not just on the pitch, but sort of how you, you interact with people and leadership and things like that. Um, so I think that's massively helped. I think the big thing is a, a change in perceptions, really. There's a massive drop off of of teenage girls at, at sort of 14 or 15 where it's not really cool to be a, a sportswoman. I think that's starting to change um, and it's helping that in society it's come become more acceptable to be a woman in sport and there's more role models, there's more coverage of, of women's sport, which is is making people, younger people, want to stay playing sport. But that, that big drop-off is a real key issue, I think, that needs to be addressed. I think they need to fund PE and physical education in the first place. Like, I hear about so many cuts. My old school, like, I did every sport under the sun at my old school. Anything to get me out of the last lesson of the day. But I hear now that they're having to cut their extracurricular activities. So the first thing it would be to fund all sports, let alone cricket. And then I think the other one is educating teachers on, on how to run cricket. I remember I actually took the cricket lessons for girls when I was in year eight because my teacher didn't know how to set up a game of cricket. And I'd already been coaching like eight year olds down at the local cricket club. So I just set up a quick cricket match and the teacher was like, oh, this is actually really easy. I'm going to do it with another class. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's not difficult. Like there's loads of ways around it. So I think educating the teachers on how to do a cricket lesson, making it less complicated, just making it about hitting a bat and ball to begin with is a really easy way to get kind of, yeah, particularly female teachers that maybe haven't experienced cricket to learn how to do it. Phoebe. Any anything to add to that? I think probably making the teachers aware of these high performance environments as well and whether you can take talent scouts a bit like they did with the Olympics to find who these high performing athletes are because a lot of people have played a lot of different sports and have come from a football, rugby, hockey background and so being able to spot that talent across different schools and putting them into the structures but I don't think a lot of people are aware of the structures and the new domestic league and how to get involved as well so I think there's education around that as mm. well as normalizing perceptions which hopefully it's changing but I still think it's got a long way to go. Okay well it was great to have Heather Knight and Tammy Beaumont and Phoebe Graham in our virtual cricket club to raise a bit more awareness about the women's game which is so key of course to the survival and prosperity of English cricket in the future and as I mentioned we've got our special guests Sir Ian Botham in the virtual cricket club this Thursday night February the 4th so please sign up for that at worldsbestcricketclub.com look forward to seeing you then and thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.